Welcome to the Spicy PL Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Spicy PL Podcast. This is Alex, aka Big Babble, here with Big Joe Capolino. And for episode 50 of the Spicy PL Podcast, we have an up and coming rising legend. <laughs> Taylor LaChapelle, welcome. Thanks for having me. So <clears throat> I was looking at your stats just before we started recording, and um, what I have is you're a three-time sub-junior world champion, one-time junior world champion. Um, you've been on the open world team twice. Yep. And you're, you've actually won open nationals three times because there was one year when you were 14 – <laughs> that you won women's nationals in the 103 weight class. So, is that, is that yeah. some sort of record? <laughs> That's probably the youngest person to ever be on the open team. Because then I remember lifting at 2014 Worlds and, and you were there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was a fun one at that meet. I remember, I don't know if you guys saw the video or Mike Zawlinski carrying me up onto the stage oh, the there. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. like... I told him he's probably going to need to carry me up. He lifted me up like Simba way above his head. <laughs> yeah, at 103 pounds, you're no match for Big Mike. He eats cheeseburgers that way that. So, you know. But anyway, pretty yeah. impressive. I mean, you know, we saw you lift a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> we all lifted on the same day. So, obviously, I was around. But I think you did a 512 squat, yeah. a 308 bench. Uh, 319. 319. I messed that one up. And a 490 deadlift. Yep. Awesome. And those were all PRs, right? Oh, yeah. Across the board. So that, that comes with seven additional pounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's definitely like, you know, one of the main things that people were asking yesterday and people are wondering is, um, you know, I had noticed, and, you know, you just said you listened to the last couple of pods where we talked about your performance, but that you weighed in at exactly 60 kilos. Um, so I just assume you're going up to 63, mm -hmm. but can you talk about like what your plans are? Yeah, that's the plan to kind of stay here and just, um, fill out the weight class and just get strong. I, uh, it was kind of a last minute decision to bump up for nationals, but, um, I, the reason I decided is cause all my equipment was fitting good. And I knew if I dropped weight, then it wouldn't fit. And I'm like, you know, I want to just lift a lot of weight and have fun. And so I think that was the best decision. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, you won best overall. So formula was good. Are you going to get jacked? Like, are you just going to start pumping like a bodybuilder and start eating more? Eating more. Yeah. Um, I don't know getting lean i don't think so but yeah what you what you, what do you eat you, you, you want any sort of diet you just what do you do um i wouldn't say like a specific diet a lot of egg whites and chicken mostly consists of <laughs> yeah what about what about your carbs how many carbs you eat I don't really track um specific like macros i just make sure to hit protein and then carbs and fat just kind of fill in the gaps we got a carb you <laughs> if you yeah. want if you want to get jacked you got to be on that white rice 
oatmeal, sweet potato, pasta, pasta. Well, get on rice and chicken is my go-to meal prep. <clears throat> well, if rice and chicken is your go-to meal prep. What's your favorite meal? Like my favorite what? Favorite meal, like not meal. like getting Jack not included. Oh, that's a tough one. I like all food. Like, don't you guys eat weird shit like cheese curds and weird shit in Wisconsin? You consider cheese curds weird? I mean, we don't have, like, I can't go out, I can't venture out anywhere where we live and go get cheese curds. Oh, you've never been to Whole Foods, man? <laughs> no. You can get <laughs> cheese curds just about every single store here. Yeah. So Wisconsin, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of decent lifters out of Wisconsin. I mean, what was the, uh, you're lifting when you're... Well, you're 21 now, yeah. right? I'm 22. You're 22. 22. All right. So are you done lifting as a junior as far as you're concerned? Um, pretty much, yeah. I James pretty much convinced me of that after Dubai, but Yeah, cuz he wants you he wants you not not focus on opens. Yeah, focusing on open exactly. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you're there. I mean, you got you got the world championships in the the lower age categories you might as well but i was curious because like you know in 2019 you did you won juniors you got fifth at open they were only a couple months apart which is tough sledding but then you know 2020 was out the window so i was just wondering if you had planned to ever do juniors again since you're still so young but it sounds like no but alex was kind of wondering and because i was talking to him upstairs about how you had won a meet you know you had won nationals when you were 14 like how did you get into lifting to begin with um, well, I started lifting, well, when I was really little, I would go to the gym with my dad. He used to work out and just kind of play around on the uh, machines there. I think when I was in sixth grade is when I started like squatting and benching. And then I joined the team um, at my high school when I was in seventh grade. So that's when I started competing. So this fall, it'll be 10 years since I did my first high school competition yeah i think you're our first guest from wisconsin i think so we haven't done noah johnson or anybody but um wisconsin high school powerlifting is just all single ply um it was when i was in high school that's all it was was single ply but now it's switched to they started a raw division i think like shortly after i graduated and now it's a lot uh, more raw too, which is kind of sad, but I know my coach, um, yeah, you're most, like of, us. most of the team, they like to compete raw because they're scared of equipment. So he always likes when I come back and train um, at the club because we got a few of the girls that are trying out equipment and they competed in equipment at high school nationals too. Yeah, like like I've seen there's Wisconsin, where there is equipped high school powerlifting is where all the good lifters come from. Yeah. Like Mississippi, yeah. Louisiana, Texas, and Wisconsin just out there on mm -hmm. their own. I mean, we have high school powerlifting here in Massachusetts, but nobody does it equipped. Yeah, how many schools do it, though? It's just like yeah, a we have like private, a dozen. Like yeah, schools, less than right? a dozen schools. <clears throat> what, no. Is it super competitive in Wisconsin? Um, Like when I was in high school, it, I'd say, yeah, it was pretty competitive. It was a lot. I don't really know. Um, now, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen the movie? Um, 
I don't know. All there's, she there's Texas. There's this <laughs> Texas high school powerlifting. Movie. Have you seen that movie? All she can. I don't think so. Oh, yo, talk to Taylor for a second. I'm gonna go get my glass of wine, <laughs> and, and then there's, uh, I got I gotta um plug in so we can hear in our headphones. Oh, okay. Well, this happens, you know, once every few. Well, now it's happening every podcast. Alex just gets up and leaves. So, um, I noticed when I was looking at your stats, like your raw lifts on online, they're not anything and not that I care, but I remember there was a training video of you like last year squatting 400 pounds when you were 57. Like, do you ever, and this was another popular question that I got on Instagram. Like, are you considering ever competing raw? No, (laughs) I did one raw meet. Um, that was like after my freshman year of college. So um, I was kind of transitioning like away. I didn't really have anyone to train with. So raw was just easier. Um, and my high school powerlifting coach um, was at that meet and I just trained raw and we both decided that it was um, kind of boring. <laughs> Nothing to do in between attempts. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like I was pretty bored the last raw meet I did in 2016. Like I didn't know what to do with myself in between attempts. And it yeah. was like hard to get excited. Yeah. And but um, my raw number is all like go in the trash as soon as I put on a piece of equipment. So it would be hard to train for raw meat. Yeah. I feel the same way. I don't know how people do both. Like I get pretty strong raw in the off season and it goes like I look like you get pretty strong raw. Yeah. In the off season. In the off season. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Pretty strong. Yeah. I mean, you guys want to, everybody's like, well, Ray Williams does this. I'm like, well, I don't compare myself to Ray Williams, but, um, stronger. So why is your path? I mean, obviously, you know me and I'm just asking this because I want people to hear, but like, why is your passion in single ply when you could probably like, you know, based on what I've seen, you can be really competitive raw and even win, you know, a bunch of meets if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I guess part of it, it's just always what I've done, um, but I like I know it really well, um, but it adds that extra like challenge or component to it, and I know you guys talk about it a lot in the podcast, like um, just lifting more weight um, without mm. doing anything illegal. So basically, you're a sick individual. You're a sick <laughs> individual. Sure, sure. Is that what it comes down to? sorry joe i was busting your balls a little bit (laughs) yeah saying saying you're getting pretty strong but i know i know what you mean like um when you're not when you're training gear it definitely takes away it definitely takes away some some of the numbers and if you if you focus i'm sure you know both you guys could excel in uh in raw lifting but it's just not not uh, not to the level of taylor i mean she could more so you know but i didn't want to rag on you too bad (laughs) that's right (laughs) but uh yeah, that's interesting. Keep so in just, mind, I made a prime time session at national at Raw Nationals. Okay. Yeah, so. and, and also, you know, you've been doing this a long time, so you know, a decade, a decade, <laughs> you know, it makes a difference. Decade but, and a half of, uh, you know, just being just yeah. being a manga a mongoloid and uh, doing some doing some crazy shit in a squat suit. And yeah. Abs. So so I mean, those are the two most popular questions we got was what weight class you're going to compete in. And then if you're going to stay equipped long-term, but then (laughs) someone wants to know what you think about raw 
raw in general like is it entertaining to you do you follow it yeah i mean we're fans but we also shit on the raw cucks a little bit <laughs> like what like what do you think no i think i mean i don't have a problem with it um i think it's really impressive i like to watch um i follow a lot of the big names obviously um mm-hmm. yeah i don't have a problem with it <laughs> But I'm definitely yeah. Yeah, we don't wanna... staying equipped. I, I don't plan on switching to Raw anytime soon. Yeah, we like uh, we have our friends in the Raw. We like the down to earth Raw lifters. We're just against some of the yeah some of the some of the culture of the Raw lifters and the way they go about their business. It's not it's not fun. Mm-hmm. That kind of leads us like we were we were gonna work in some current events with you just because we know you listen to the pod, <laughs> and um, <laughs> we saw that this week the SBD Phoenix kit came out and uh, you know, we'll share our thoughts on well, it, the first, but what are your the thoughts first on thing just I thought different of when I saw that was you guys uh, just talking about the, how they always come out with just new colors each time. Yeah. Do you think that's like part of power? Like I still train in like dirty old workout clothes. Like I'm starting to see a lot of like, you know, powerlifters are sponsored by Leffler Apparel, bro, Leffler Bros T-shirts, and and uh, get better today and all the shit. Like people are buying nice clothes to work out in, and I think it's weird. And having multiple knee sleeves and singlets, I think, is weird too. Unless they're like, you know, you're sponsored and you have a bunch of Titan singlets or Open World singlets. Like, mm. I don't know what powerlifting has become, but I think it's pretty weak that that's kind of like the innovation that SBD has. Yeah, yeah but. I mean, when you're raw, I guess there's not much variation you can do there. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I think it's pretty it's pretty obvious now that, like, you know, there's competitors, comp- competitive brands coming out with better knee sleeves, and all they can do is just switch their colors around. It's going to start looking pretty weak, I think, if people start wearing different sleeves. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I mean, like it's all it's all about making money, right? I mean, we can shit on I I will shit on the raw kids that have a different color set of knee sleeves for every day of the week, but you know it's gonna it's gonna you know I think a lot of times good lifters kind of get it too. It's probably more so like the kids that are new in it and like joining a gym and are trying to like just be cool and powerlifting's cool, so they're just gonna spend all their money and think it makes them cool. And yeah, there's a company there to make some money, and so if if Russ is going to sell t-shirts and people are going to buy it, like good for him for, yeah. for capitalizing. No, I agree. You know, I just, I just, <laughs> I just wonder why there's this kid at lifetime fitness. I used to go to lifetime fitness, um, back, you know, before COVID and everything, it was, it was across the street from my office. And, um, there was this kid, he used to power lift. He, uh, like sucked at that. So he started doing Olympic lifting. <laughs> he sucked worse story. at that. He had like a different set of Olympic shoes for like every day of the week. He had like the Antas. He had like three different Romaleos, twos, like everything, different knee sleeves. He wore a virus singlet in Lifetime Fitness to dump like 150 pound clean and jerk. Yeah. Like it was just like there's idiots out there that will buy the shit, you know? And if you want to look like a clown and be rocking the coolest stuff, like. What whatever you know, spend your money. But the good lifters, I think, know better. They're not gonna go buy a new set of knee sleeves every like three months. Like they'll they'll probably just get them for free if they're good, yeah, or yeah. buy a set and it'll last them a year or two. They give away a lot of shit. Give their shit away. So you know, people look like clowns, and if you want to look like a clown, you know, go ahead. 
I mean, it's it's a shit color too. I mean, yeah, that's a doo doo. They're running out of colors. They're running out of like good maroon. colors. Is doo doo. Why you like maroon, Taylor? That was UW Lacrosse's my school colors. Oh, you know what? I forgot to ask you this. Good segue. I didn't see collegiate nationals in your meet results. Did you do collegiate? No, I never competed at collegiate. Did you just not want to do it because there was no team where you went to school, or? Um. I mean, yeah, I guess there, no, there wasn't really a team. I know they started, um, so a few lifters started a kind of a club, um, I think during my sophomore year, but I mostly trained off campus um, with one other girl that she competed in high school too, um, Carly Walker. She does bench only now, but um, yeah. yeah, we trained off campus at um, Iron Physique Gym, but I don't know. Uh, so you just trained with your high school crew? through college really um mostly just with her but yeah my high school coach i would come back to train with him um when i needed to get in my squat suit yeah do you still train are you still coached by your high school coach or are you coached by someone else yeah pretty much um i mean i do i'm not like for programming and stuff i don't really um a lot of what i do is just my own thing but um um, he, yeah, he still coaches me for equipment wise. That's cool. So you kind of like write your own training as you go. Yeah, pretty much. That's kind of what, what we do <laughs> these days. Um, no, it's cool. Like I, I coach myself and like I say coach loosely, I just literally lifted like a certain way and planned out training cycles in my head or on like the back of a napkin for like the first 10 years I power lifted and I coached myself through a world games. And I, when I kind of lifted like shit at that meet, I hired James and James coached me for a little while. And now I'm kind of back on my own. Um, but yeah, and Nathan, Nathan Westbrook coached me for a year too. And it was good, but now I tell him I'm too injured to do anybody else's training program. Cause I have to change so much stuff so I don't hurt myself. So I just take care of it myself. But those are two good guys. But that's interesting, and that's cool that you've yeah stuck with the same coach for so long. I've thought about, like, I think sometimes I'm like, it would be nice to not have to think about what I'm doing and just do what somebody tells me to do. But um, James has helped me a little bit with, like, training tips and stuff, mm -hmm. and I added, like, bench days in. Um, I send him videos um, when he asks, like, once a month but um yeah i don't know with i just don't see the need to pay someone right now anyway yeah so the ironic part about like when i was coaching myself is that i was writing training for other lifters and i would you know expect that they strictly follow my programming while i didn't even write a program for myself i just kind of like knew that i knew enough to just go on through the weeks and and peak for a, a meet um, and train myself off season. Like, did you, have you ever thought about coaching other lifters? Um, not really. I don't know if it's just like a mental thing. I also don't feel like qualified to coach someone else. Yeah. Um, I think a couple of years ago I would write training, uh, like a block for myself, like my plan for the semester of school or something, um, when I had time, <laughs> but then, uh, got more busy and that kind of just, that's true. I forget yourself like you're 22 like you you know, you have you have so much experience to gain. 
you know, but yeah. I will say it's hard. Like it for a lifter that's as good as you, it's sometimes it's it's hard to think about someone else's performance when you can focus on your own and it should be the most important thing. But yeah. related to to you again is um and some current news that we want to talk about on the pod is and we recently saw Corolla Gara compete at 63 kilos at Italian Nationals. And when you moved up to 63, the first thing I thought was like, damn, that's bold because Corolla, not only Corolla Gara, but Larissa Soloviova are in that weight class. And, you know, if you're going to be in that weight class, that's who you're going to compete against. So Corolla <laughs> had some crazy numbers. Total. Right? I think she had. Yeah, I mean, we won't go through the numbers like individually. It's pretty insane, but she wilks and dots whatever formula we're using. 704. Good lift point. Well, 705. Good lift points were like 120 or something. So it was really, really impressive. Um, I actually thought in Dubai she would win, and she just wasn't able to pull it out. Um, And Larissa, like, went old school on her ass and set, like, a world record total. So that was pretty cool to see, but I wanted to know what you thought about it and what you think overall, like going into a a long run, maybe competing in the 63 kilo class. I mean, um, so I totaled 600 at nationals and I had been, so before I decided to just hold my weight up and keep training, I had been trying to cut. So I think that that, I think if I just wasn't, worried about that at all my numbers probably could have been even higher so i think uh, i mean i have a lot to gain going in to this weight class um and i had looked before i decided to switch it was a pretty big decision for me but i had looked at like the last couple of years like their totals and i thought it was weird because like larissa um and them and like last year they only totaled like 580 less than 600 and I don't know what if they just kind of sandbag at certain meets or and then yeah I don't know yeah I don't know for Larissa specifically I know they all sandbag at their national meet like it's like dumb they let them squat super high they like pass it's basically what I do at national squat high and pass every lift but (laughs) (laughs) I mean they they the Ukrainians have this certain way and there were other meets like I remember in 2017 at Czech Republic she like she won but she like blew her hip out like on squat and then she literally like the coach was like carrying her to the deadlift bar every attempt and she looked like she was like in really bad pain Mm -hmm. so I know she's sometimes been injured but what did Corolla just total 655 Mm mm-hmm yeah, and Larissa was six forty-five and a half, yep. or something like that. Yeah, six forty-five and a half, or six forty-six, or something was the world was record like, prior to well, six six forty-five and a half. She just smoked it. Yeah, she smoked it. But like, I did see like in Dubai, you totaled at fifty-seven. Your total was like five thirty something. Yeah, that wasn't my best. And so you, yeah, yeah, you you actually lifted more at juniors, but like you just put like sixty keys on your total in a year. Yeah. So that's what we're. That's what you're hoping. That's what I'm hoping yeah. for. for. I mean, I competed in um, the same equipment I wore as a 57, so it was pretty tight. Good. 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 Get, get new stuff in the same size. Yeah. yeah. Be even tighter. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of your equipment, and I mean, this is something I wanted to ask you because, um, you know, 15 years in the game, lifting equipped, and I can still learn a thing or two, like, you got any special 
tips, and it could be any lift, special tips on how to wear your gear to automatically get some carryover? Um, well, deadlift, I recently realized that um, the tighter it is on my legs, that I get more out of it. And I don't know, because I tried on a, a suit I had that was supposed to be tighter than the one I lifted in, and it wasn't as tight in the legs because that one I actually sewed in in the legs. But um, it just slips right up, and then I get nothing. Um, I think like three weeks before the meet is when I tried that on, and I could barely pull 452. And then in my um, suit that I wore at the meet, I ended up pulling 490 pretty easy. But my so tight bottoms on them. Yeah. Tight bottoms. All of my suits I mean, it, are insanely tight. You can barely get them over my shoulder. But for deadlift or for squat, the stand also. squat. So you just there is no secret other than just wearing it jacked to the tight, Yep. I like that. What about bench shirts? Because I actually watched your benches um, on video. I went back and watched a lot of the stream um, to watch like you and Kelsey. And, um, is your bench shirt super tight? Because I feel like you touch really easy. Um, uh, it is pretty tight. I, I guess not insanely tight, but with setting my bench shirt, I like to keep it as simple as possible. So I'll like set my collar myself and whoever is helping me, I just need them to pull down in the front. I've found that because um, Carly that I lift with, her coach likes to pull her sleeves down and stuff. And I just, I'm like, if you keep it simple, then whoever is helping you at the meet, you can control more. <laughs> Do you have the same handler at the meet every time? No. <laughs> you just kind of like pick someone to help you no, out? So, What's the best knee wrap? Who's got the best knee wrap? Um, in Dubai, uh, Mike wrapped my knees and that was probably the best. Big Mike no. or Mike Steinmetz? Mike Steinmetz from Pure Fitness. Mike Steinmetz. Yeah. I heard he wraps tight. Yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. I was impressed, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Not so much. I had, um, yeah, I feel like James brought Austin Brown, I think was his name from, mm -hmm. um, to wrap me at nationals and that could have went better, but he would agree with that. Oh shit. Oh, oh shit. shit. Austin, well, Austin's, you know, he's a friend of the pod and anybody who trains with James where is a good shit, but he actually sent me a question that some of the questions I didn't ask cause they were kind of dumb. Like, uh, Peppa lifts. I forget her name. She said, you're awesome, Alex. but that's not really a question. <laughs> and, uh, and Austin Brown wanted me to ask if there's any lifter you don't like, that you like in the IPF, like someone you consider, I don't know what that means. Like someone you consider a rival or something. Why don't you start first, Joe? Yeah. Why don't you start first? We'll let Joe go first. I got plenty of lifters. I don't know. <laughs> this ain't about me. I figured okay? you could crack the ice and start the shit talking, but you know, if she wants to, I mean, I wouldn't say there's anyone I don't like necessarily, but rivalry, um, Daniela Kolesnik from Russia. I don't know if you know. Her yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you that because I saw that, you know, you, you were running hot at sub juniors and your last sub juniors, you, you, uh, you lost to her. Uh, see, I competed against her since we were 14 at my first sub junior worlds in Killeen. We competed against each other and then we like ran into each other just about every year since then. But yeah, I beat her in Hungary 
Um, and then in the next year in Czech Republic, I think we were in a different weight class. Um, same for Poland too, maybe. But yeah, then we were in the same weight class again for Orlando that 2017 yeah um, yeah yeah I had to check what happened there because I was doing a little research and um, where's she been like is that someone that is gonna be you know a problem later on or is she gonna lift open or have you seen her yeah. at all because you know now we're kind of looking at other people she took second in Dubai uh, in 57s oh okay and you and you took fifth mm-hmm. So that kind of bothered you. Huh? Yeah, it was, it was a pretty close, <laughs> I don't remember the exact amount. It was really close between second, all our places between second and fifth. Yeah, I do. I do kind of remember that, but I didn't, I didn't remember her name, you know, specifically from Dubai, but yeah, it figures that she's still in the game. Yeah, she's in there. Um, well, Austin, good question, but uh, you heard it here, like... <sighs> Work on those work knee on wraps, the knee wraps. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I told him that on my anyway. opener, it slipped out of his hand. And then yeah, I only had 30 oh. seconds left. And he just wrapped it around the rest of my knee pretty much. So I had one knee wrap for my opener. And I told oh, him, God. I told him, I'm like, well, I think you pissed me, and I, pissed me off enough that I got it pretty easy. And he's like, is that a good thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's never good when you see a uh, your your handler drop the wrap. But anyway, um, oh man, I just forgot the question I was going to ask. It was good. Mm. <laughs> so, do you enjoy the pain of equipment? Do you relish it? I guess. Or do you just like lifting heavy weight? Um. Yeah, I like lifting heavy weights. I don't. I guess the pain doesn't really bother me anymore. Um. I actually yeah. have, just used I have to scars it. on my legs from my deadlift suit. Like it like cuts my legs open, makes them bleed just about every time mm. I have them on with my slips out. Yeah. We, yeah, you got to keep, I, I just keep the slips in until meet day. It's yeah. like, doesn't make a difference. Um, I remember now it was the, it was the opposite end of, all right, a lifter you don't like. When you know, because you know, you started powerlifting really young. Was there a lifter that you looked up to specifically when you were younger? Someone you wanted to be like? Um, could be male or female. I can't say specifically. I don't know. When I was young, I guess on the world teams, um, I lifted. I just remember like Ian Bell, um, Preston Turner were on like just about every year with me. They were on the junior team, um, and I looked up to them a lot. Um, Priscilla Ribic, I know, I think that back then was when she hit like a 600 Wilkes and I wanted to be like great <laughs> one day. Um, I think I remember in like Hungary after I won my first one, Ian Bell said something to me about like, um, being the next Priscilla Ribic or something along the lines of that. But so if Ian sees it, you know. It, it of course it came true and like yeah i remember when priscilla hit 600 too and that's back when it was kind of hard to hit 600 mm-hmm. like all the guys and gals you know me and newt and ian and preston were trying to hit 600 and priscilla and bonica and you know some other Le- leanne blinn trying to hit 600 mm-hmm. um now like you know you and kelsey mm-hmm. do 
665 or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Guy, you know, Corolla Gary doing 700. So crazy stuff going on, but that's pretty cool. Um, that's always a good one to know. But, uh, yeah, Ian's no better guy than Ian in the game. And uh, Preston retired too early, man. He was going to be something. Yeah, it's a shame we lost Preston, but he's a good man. <laughs> he's a good man. <laughs> so so uh, we'll, we'll do some fun questions. Like I was talking to you before we started recording, but I was saying I was watching the Met game earlier. And uh, they were playing the Brewers. And I don't care if you're a Brewers fan, but I'm a huge Mets fan. And uh, they were talking about on the broadcast that there's a petition in front of the state Senate to make the the state cheese Colby cheese. And back it up, as they were saying that Wisconsin produces the most cheese in the world, like 3 billion, pound, 3 billion pounds of cheese a year, and they don't have a state cheese. So it's like... How could you be the king of cheese and not have a state cheese? So what are your thoughts on the state cheese and how much do you like cheese? Well, I love cheese. Put it on everything. But um, that surprises me that there's not a state cheese, honestly. But if I had to say, I would probably think cheddar would be if there was one. Not Colby. Cheddar. You think Vermont has something to say about Vermont cheddar being better. Why you got to rhyme like that? I don't know. That, was a, that was a mistake, dude. <laughs> that was a mistake. I don't know, man. Don't don't all you guys wear those cheese hats? Look like cheese heads. You guys have those cheese hats. So what? That that the cheese head that looks like cheddar cheese yeah. to me. It's got it's got holes in it. Is it what is it? Yellow Swiss? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what cheese is yellow and has holes in it? Can you tell us? Not the cheese expert here. Okay. Dude, cheese makes me fart real bad. So <laughs> I can't I can't eat too much cheese, dude. All right. <laughs> Just want ice cream. We'll ask Kip Hens, you know. Kip Hens will know. Yeah, he's a dairy man. All right. Um, do you as a lifter, do you drink a lot of beer? As a lifter who lives in Wisconsin. I don't like beer. I actually don't really drink at all, hardly. So That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> We know some lifters who drink too much. Yeah. It's not good. Well, and then there's Greg Johnson. But anyway. Well, that, what about what about marijuana? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't have to answer that. <laughs> but I was just going to bring it up to a current event, right? What's her name? Shakari Richardson. Shakari? Shakari Shikari Richardson, yeah. What do you think about that? Because I've, I've been having debates. You know, people people have been talking a lot. I, I think um, like Eric Cordero, the Mass State um, – state uh, chair chair was kind of like playing some devil's advocate and i kind of agree with some of some of the points yeah he like he was saying if it helps you sleep better then it's a performance advantage right yeah. uh, i don't think well, that's what he was saying I'm yeah not. i don't he, he was trying to say like basically what he was trying to say is that you know it's on the list right it's part of the rules and so you know if if it's part of the rules you know she should know better than to be breaking the rules um and that, you know, maybe there's some argument that it's some advantage over other people that can't do it. But I don't. Well, I have my thoughts on it, but I'll let Taylor I don't know. You go ahead, it. Taylor. What do you think? I mean, I guess I can. I'm not. I don't really know much about smoking marijuana, but I don't see personally how it could be performance enhancing. Um, but 
yeah, like you said, it is in the rule book. So she did know the rules. But yeah. I don't know. My thoughts on it are, well, I what I know about um, the WADA code is that they make the THC level that triggers a positive test high enough where it basically is you have to take it the day of the competition to fail. Like it's also, I think it's something that builds up in your system over time. Yeah, that's possible. And so like if you either smoke like every day for a very long period of time or like you literally smoke the day of the test. Yeah, so that's like, possible. I mean, I did hear the story. Like obviously she said she was dealing with a death and a family like death for her mother. And like, I, I don't think like it sucks that she can't run. But in my opinion, if you can use marijuana as like, and like, I think the rule has to exist. So take away what her specific situation is. She was over that threshold. And the reason it's there in my beliefs is because if you can use THC in any form, so smoking or edibles or whatever, to calm your nerves before a competition, whether that be a powerlifting meet or a sprint, um, that's giving you a, a competitive advantage. I feel like, you know, there's being the best genetically gifted athlete, but there's also dealing with all the pressure and performance anxiety. And that's why beta blockers are illegal for some Olympic sports like archery and shooting is because that gives you an advantage. I so, think beta blockers are a little bit different, right? They make you f like focus, right? Um, I mean, like I think, you, I, mean, you could take I mean, the top CBD. musicians in the world take beta blockers. And I've always had the theory that like presidential candidates take beta blockers for the televised debates because it, it basically makes you impossible nervous so focused or not nervous whatever i think thc yeah. can have the same effect on people so i i think Dude, that's if, why it's there if you got me stoned and had me try to do a podcast i'd probably be like i'd just be sitting here and probably say <laughs> the stupidest shit and like not be able to even talk so i don't know you're t i think you, it could relax you but it's not beta blockers or like i'm not saying it's beta blockers i'm close. saying and and for people who are experienced users are using it a lot i think there there are benefits to there's a relaxation or de-stressing that and i know i know people in high school who used to smoke marijuana before basketball game or college athletes who use marijuana before competition so mm -hmm. i'm not saying we would lift horribly but there are some people out there who i think it could give an advantage i think that's why the rule exists that's all i'm saying so it's she valid. broke the rule it's valid it's valid yeah, I mean, um, I think CBD and like some of the other compounds not in the THC could also maybe have some benefit and those aren't banned. But yeah, I mean, like, I think uh, it's a tough one. That's a good argument. That's a good argument. But I don't think I don't think it should be for weed. I don't think weed should be even on. the. I, I think I think in the future they could get rid of it completely and you could use as much as you want. But I think that's the intent of the rule and why they left it in. It used to be before the last Olympic Games, so or maybe it was four or eight years ago, they took it out where you can't – they raise the level. So an out-of-meet or out-of-competition test doesn't even test for it. And then the day, the day of in-competition test, they made the level higher. So basically they said, athletes, you can use marijuana, but you just can't use it. Um, yeah in competition so whether it builds up or not i don't know i'm not a fucking scientist but that's the intent of the rule it back in the day you couldn't smoke pot at all at any test you would fail 
<laughs> so at least they did that. And so I'm not like too up in arms about it. Um, but yeah, it just kind of sucks. But you know, again, like Taylor knows the rules. I know the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, like I got high, I got high like three weeks out of world games and I was just like, cause I, you know, I usually don't use marijuana, but it was no. July 4th and like I was on the beach and I never <laughs> had been more nervous in my life that I was going to get out of me tested. But yeah. It ain't worth it. No. It ain't worth it. I'm glad to hear that Taylor doesn't really drink, doesn't smoke. I'm like, uh, like Joe said. We got her up past her bedtime. I'm uh, too pure for the Spicy PL podcast. (laughs) She's too pure. Yeah, she she remembers the bullshit. Yeah, way too pure. I mean, it's been a good podcast. I'm excited we had you, but I think I just needed time to think of an... I'm glad we waited because now there's all this stuff to talk about with you. And you just lifted at nationals and it was pretty cool. Like I had never, we had never really talked much, you know, because we have only been, you know, if you're at worlds, I'm lifting like five days after Mm. you. So we're like passing in the night and same thing when we do other meets. So it's like, you know, and you know, I'm also like 12 years Mm. older than you. So sometimes we're not (laughs) at the same meet. Um, But another thing that we want to talk to you about that's related to Shikari Richardson and the Olympics is, your thoughts on Laura Hubbard. <laughs> so you know where you're going to get spicy. We know we need some good direct answers from you on what you think about this uh, athlete competing in the uh, Olympic weightlifting event in Tokyo. Yeah, I figured you guys would uh, bring that up. But, um, yeah, I honestly, personally, I don't think that it's fair, and I know – I mean, I'm not just saying that because I know that's what you guys think from other podcasts. Um, But I mean, I don't obviously have a problem with um, anything like that, but it just, yeah, it doesn't seem fair um, to compete with a woman. And yeah, so Taylor probably agrees with 99% of Americans, I think, that probably thinks this is completely insanity yeah but it's funny because now you see the juxtaposition of like the rules where shikari richardson smokes some weed and can't run Mm -hmm. right but this you know this lifter who's a born a male and transitioned to female is allowed to compete as a female so now we're kind of seeing like the tides something's got to give right this is it doesn't look like the rules are in sync she also used to compete as a man right yes yeah and and she in her former life was pretty bad like just not competitive and that's that's the problem and i actually saw a meme today it was like uh you know women's sports shouldn't be a retirement plan for shitty male athletes i don't know where i saw that but that's pretty that sums it up pretty good yeah but imagine if she was good yeah it'd be even worse she i mean she's in metal contention if she was good and I think Dr. Hunt talked about that in, in, at, in the NGB in Chicago in 2019. Like, imagine Taylor Atwood transitioned. <laughs> We'd be fucked. Yeah. I mean, I think we're beating a dead horse here. I, th- I think people people know. People well, know. You never know. I, I, I think have if faith. You, I have faith that people know. Listen, we're friends with everybody, but I think if you asked Ian Bell, he might have a different answer than Taylor. No. I mean, Ian, Ian's sympathetic to he's, pro- you know, he's progressive so he's progressive he's sympathetic to people i mean like i i agree with you know having rights and being treated equally and all that but when it comes to strength sports there's got to be 
you know, some level of common sense here. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. She's 43 years old, too. That's another crazy stat. I mean, are, <laughs> are the Olympics as popular as they used to be? Do people, like, follow it as closely? I think so. I think really? people really like the summer games. I think if – I don't know about the ratings, but a lot of people – like normal people at work and people like that I just know my fan my sister's really into it like swimming track and field like people like to see Americans win medals in those events like it's just cool gymnastics like yeah. Simone Biles is an international superstar well that's the one sport that you know fortunately for women I think they have the <laughs> biological advantage so yeah if you transition the male then compete you would whoop their asses I don't know. That's t- difficult because they, well, they, they have different. They have different events. But I think if a, you know, a, a a a trans female tried to do, you know, female gymnastics, they don't have necessarily an advantage. You know, yeah. it might be kind of e- more even playing field there. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, well. So what's your what's your favorite uh, what's your favorite Olympic event then? Yeah, I don't. I never really got into watching the Olympics. <laughs> But I do follow Simone Biles, and I like watching um, the gymnastics routine. So if I had to pick a favorite, that would probably be the ones I watch. Yeah, I feel like those chicks are jacked, and I just like to see. That's what whenever I just like to see the Whenever I go somewhere new, um, or like people ask me if I'm a gymnast, but no, I just pick up heavy weight and put it back down. (laughs) Yeah, I had a friend in high school, one of my best friends. who was like the number one gymnast in New York state in high school. And she was fucking yoked. And I, we, we used to just sit there and eat jars of peanut butter together and she was lean and yoked and I got fat, but figure that. But, um, you know, you've been, you've been powerlifting for a long time, even though you're only 22. Did you play any other sports in high school? Yeah. Uh, I ran cross country actually, which is like complete opposite of <laughs> the type yeah. of sport. Um, but I actually, the, my first open worlds in Colorado, I was running cross country the same time I was training for that. Cause it overlapped, which may be why I didn't do as great. <laughs> That's all right, man. You got some real good experience early on. Like I wish I just had that because when I showed up, I showed up to the IPF meet. It was my last year of eligibility for juniors. I was 22 or had just turned 23 and I just bombed out real quick because I didn't know what to expect. I had done a few USAPL meets and I don't know. I just kept getting tighter and tighter gear and doing stupid shit with big Mike and (laughs) that's what happened. But it was, it was, I always say that was a really good experience because the next IPF meet I did, I did, you know, I went eight for nine because I was like, yeah, I knew what to expect. And I was terrified of bombing out. Like, you know, yeah, I like bombing out now. I don't think I've ever bombed out at, uh, I don't think I've ever. I'm just gonna ask you. Yeah. No. Um, one <laughs> so meet, you've never bombed. One meet, like maybe before I was even in high school, I bombed out on deadlift because they moved us to a different platform and it had like the really, like fat, Texas bars or something, and I weighed like less than a hundred pounds. I had really small hands, so couldn't grab it. But I don't really. <laughs> so you did. You bombed out. So you bombed out. Yeah, I guess. I mean, there's always yeah. a circumstance but around the bar. She was like 12. The, the yeah, 12, trying to wrap her hand around I, the bar. I still placed second with my subtotal. Damn, dude. All right. That's pretty sick. Wow. 
So mm-hmm. keeping on the Olympic, not really the Olympic. I mean, I I don't even think they're going to be allowed to have fans this year because Tokyo is like kind of pissed. But regardless, so like Olympics downtrend, right? Do you care if powerlifting ever goes Olympic or not? I mean, I think it would be awesome. I mean, everyone who doesn't really know what powerlifting is asks if I'm going to be going to the Olympics next. But I get it all the time. Someone asked me yesterday, and I I explained to them what World Games yep. was, where it lies in the Olympic family tree. And uh, me and Alex had a good time. Did yeah. you go to that meeting in Dubai? Do you remember that? Uh-uh. Or you were gone already. But basically some guy had just come in and explained to us like how we're we're all we're in this IOC like family tree because we're in like all these other like groups like GASF and ACE and all these like subgroups of sports. Yeah, and the world and IWGA, obviously the World Games Association. But I'm like, so basically, we're like super duper qualified to be an Olympic sport, but like we're just not. not. So I mean, but I think those experiences, like number one for me, I went to a World Games and I saw what it was like, and I imagine it was pretty close to Olympic Games the way they treated us. It was actually really nice. And number two, like seeing that presentation Dubai where Jen Thompson spoke and they went through us, I was like, we're basically like in the olympics but not so like i don't really care anymore it's all good and and uh, i remember specifically at the world games gaston gave like a speech there was like a coach and athletes meeting the night before the lifting started and he was basically like we're never going to make it to the olympics but world games is getting cooler and cooler every year so why don't we just stay here and just stay the most popular sport the world games and we were all like yeah okay like that sounds pretty good so i I hate to break everybody's bubble who talks about it. And not a lot of people talk about it anymore because it's pointless, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. But I don't think, I don't think many people think like, yeah. So to. is that like, is like your ultimate goal, the world games in 2022, at least short term? Yeah, that's my goal. Everybody's, everybody's trying to go to the world games. Come on. Yeah, no, but like Taylor might be like, I just want to win open worlds. I don't know. Like a lot I mean, of people. Yeah. Some, I've met people who are like the world games is stupid. <laughs> no, I no. My goal is to go to the world games. I know before COVID that was my goal for this. Cause I I'm applying to medical school right now, but I'm taking a gap year. So I'm like, Hey, that works out perfect. I can try and qualify for the world games and it'll happen during my gap year. But which it, it's that's a gap year. Just take a take break. A break. Just take, take a break. break. I like that. Yeah. We, we like gap year. I already told my boss if somehow I make the world games, I'm going, I'm yeah. going part time or taking sabbatical. No, you're taking the gap year. Yeah, I'm taking the. I'll just quit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's awesome. You're doing medical school, so right now you're just. What are you up to? You I'm know? applying. What type of what type of school? I'm applying to medical school right now, which doesn't sound like that much work, but it's a lot of work and money. <laughs> Like yeah. I finished no, primary applications like right after nationals, and then now there's secondary applications. So, yeah. So you're gonna leave Wisconsin? Possibly. It's looking like it. Um, if I get accepted in the school I want to go to, but. What are you gonna miss about Wisconsin? Um, honest, my family. <laughs> I'm really close with my. Yeah. family. that's a good answer. <laughs> 
<laughs> I saw I saw that maybe I saw us. I think I saw you were you hunt. Yep. How often do you hunt? Uh, I go rifle hunting every fall. So yeah. yeah, my grandpa, um, my dad, and my brothers are all hunters. So the rifle that I shot my buck with last fall was my grandpa's. So that's badass do you uh do you think the meat gives you extra power lean venison that's yeah we gotta hunt sick. Well, i know you ever do like do you have any um like do you ever have to like do anything crazy when you're hunting like um i don't know you ever like drink the blood or like eat the any, heart, eat the heart or did, anything like I that i did eat the heart um but not raw <laughs> i couldn't um uh, okay i cooked it that would have been so badass if you ate it raw. How, how old were you when you had your first kill? Um, I shot my first buck, uh, I think, when I was in, like, middle school. Um, yeah. It's like a youth hunt with my dad. As, so the youngest I could go. Yeah, I didn't shoot. A, I'm 33, and I shot my first gun this year. Yeah, with Alex in Texas. So, I think the biggest thing I ever <laughs> killed was a pigeon with a pellet gun. Yeah, that's pretty badass. I go shoot with my grandpa at least once a month. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think? I'm sorry. I'm my mind is all over the place. Uh, do you think that leaving Wisconsin and going to med school is going to affect powerlifting for you? I hope not. Um, but I guess we'll see when we get there. <laughs> I mean, it'll be yeah, pretty I... busy. Um, and then as far as equipped lifting, I have to see who I have to help me. But are there any med- good med schools in Boston? <laughs> saying I look, gotta be yeah. look for some more schools to apply to. Yeah, just just take a moonshot. I don't know. Pick a med school out here, and you'll you'll be guaranteed good spots, good knee wraps for uh, you know yeah. till the end of time. I think there's a good one in Maine. One of my buddies went to. It's not too far. I mean, it's a little bit of a hike. <laughs> When's last time? <laughs> I, I haven't been to Maine. I've been to Maine once. I've been up here for 18 years. You can go hunting there. <laughs> yeah, it's good hunting. <laughs> you can kill a moose. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's there's got to be some good ones in Boston. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of good schools. Gotta be some good places. What type of what type of uh, medicine are you trying to do? I'm applying to well MD and DO schools, um, the osteopathic medicine. That would be my first choice if I get into those. But um, the end goal was to be like a sports medicine physician. Mm-hmm. Do you think powerlifting fucks you up? <laughs> like physically? Yeah. Well, both. well, do physically and then do, <laughs> do mentally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually last February, I dislocated my collarbone um, trying to dumbbell bench. So that. Damn. Jason the pump. What's worse for you? What's worse for your body? Raw or equipped? For me, raw. <laughs> equipped, like, holds me together. <laughs> Honestly, my shoulder still bothers me from that. But if I didn't have my, well, with my bench shirt on, it's completely fine. But raw benching. Yeah. 
we're there. We're there too. That's good. That's good to hear. Cause I hear different things. Like my theory is like with equipment, you're just handling so much more weight. So over time, you know, the wear and tear might be different, but the way that the raw kids train is like pretty crazy. Cause they're just doing a lot of heavy, a lot of heavy stuff without a lot of support. So yeah. like I could go either way. I think both ways fuck you up. I think it's situational. Like, you know, Blaine like broke his back, but like he's trying to squat 1100 all the time where, you know, Taylor's doing badass shit, but you know, maybe, you know, 550 pounds is just not enough to break a human spine, you know, regardless of the size of the body. Yeah. I'm not even in equipment that often, honestly. I think yeah, training for nationals, I was only in each piece of equipment once every three weeks. For how long? Um, Starting like beginning of February. So pretty much like once a month. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I mean, I get in like six times. I try to keep it limited too. And I, I only go every other week max mm-hmm. because I don't like getting in gear two weeks in a row. I just feel like you never have a good second session. Yeah, I would do like you know? squat suit one week, deadlift suit the following week. Never like putting them on the same week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, what? This is a question I got on Instagram too. What's in your fanny pack? Like what do you have to have at a meet? Um, gummy worms. Um, I like that. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Rubber bands for knee wraps, even though, yeah, they just break anyway. But, um, I forgot those. You never, I don't, I don't, I don't mess with those. I just fold them in. I forgot, I forgot rubber bands. My fanny pack, I, I really slacked, you know, like the pack of smokes really took up too <laughs> much space. The take up too much They take space. up a lot of space. I would say, you know, I, I had, I would say baby powder, but there's usually enough out in the room. Don't I've never out. brought baby yeah. powder to a power yeah. to meet in my life. We're scumbags. <laughs> yeah. We're freeloaders. I've stole baby powder, I don't know, 40 meats. Yeah. There's especially because you're a su- you're a super. So at the end of the day, there's oh, like there's like twenty things. Of there's baby bottles powder. laying around everywhere. It's great. Everywhere. Sniffs or no sniffs? Ammonia or no ammonia? Sniffs. Sniffs. I mean, like, do you use ammonia no. or not? Sniffs. Nope. Have no. you ever? Nope. James asked if no? I wanted some at nationals. I'm like, no, I don't think this is a good time to try it. Yeah. I mean, I saw the intensity on your face. I, I think you might like it. You might like it. <laughs> if, you, if you like the pain. Maybe. Yeah. I um, I guess I get that a lot. I look pretty intimidating sometimes. I know in the warm-up room before squat, I was sitting like this with my arms crossed, and Bonica was warming up, and she just looked at me, and she's like, I'm going to look like Taylor, and just stared at me. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of reminds me a little bit of like Kelsey too, you know. What do you think of Kelsey as a lifter? Um, like, think did, were you were you going in thinking like, oh, I want to um, yeah. like out formula Kelsey, or was that yeah. not even a thing? She a target? Um, she an inspiration? I would not a t- not a target, no. Um, but so when they announced the cash prize, I kind of had in my head, I was like, dang, that would have been nice. Maybe I would have tried cutting more to get that because I did not think that I was going to beat Kelsey for it like I was punching in numbers like if I hit this if I hit this to like get beat her best um good lift points but I yeah I was not expecting to 
beat her for that. But it was nice. Yeah, I think she could have. She could have taken a different third deadlift, but I th- she wanted to pull after you. Yeah, it's always. A mistake, I think um, but... she had it. I didn't realize until afterwards that she had put in a heavier deadlift, and then after I got my third attempt, she lowered it to the same as mine. Yeah. So I'm. I just kind of assume maybe she was trying to beat my good lift points for the best lifter, but. So, like, because I didn't know about the cash prizes, so nobody knew going I didn't in. know until, like, the Wednesday beforehand or something. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know. I, I didn't know if anybody knew, and I was just, like, an idiot. But. No, it was a last-minute announcement. Um, I think I think basically just, like, they decided, like, oh, we have some money. Like, let's give it back to the lifters, and they wanted to have a press release, but it was just, like, a week, you know, before the meet, so... It didn't really get communicated very well, but everyone knows now. Um, Taylor, like, what what do you think you would do if, you know, all this talk about leaving the IPF or the IPF kicking us out or having beef with our drug testing? I'm sure, like, if you've listened to the podcast, you've you've heard us talk about all this um, quite a lot. And, you know, recently, I know Larry was trying to get a meeting um with Gaston. With Gaston and Gaston is just being a little bitch <laughs> run away. <laughs> doesn't want any part of it. So like it doesn't look great. Um like what's what what would be your plans? Like would you just find another place to lift? Whoever's going to IPF or would you stay in the USAPL or what would you think? Um I uh, I don't know. I'd I mean, I'd keep lifting, but um at this point, I guess maybe if we did leave the IPF and competing at Worlds wasn't an option, I'd probably just focus more on med school and that for right now in my life anyway. But um, yeah, I don't know. I know uh, they, is was there ever even a decision from IPF or a response from that press release right after nationals about if we would be allowed to lift them. no i no i think and that's why like no invites have been really sent out like even though we have like four months until we compete um like the raw one is coming up and so people are kind of like like we need some official word soon because people have to book travel for raw worlds i don't know if it's in maybe it's in october or late september sweden um but yeah so i think we'll hear soon but i i haven't heard anything about that um so i keep telling people like yeah hopefully this happens like i'm not banking on it i mean i am training i just started training again but you know again who knows would really suck if it didn't happen um do you agree with like what what's your stance on the way usapl does their drug testing i'm sure you heard that you know i've seen you know i see good reason to maybe go all the way third-party testing like what do you think about the drug testing in usapl so um i mean i don't know if i know enough really to weigh in but it's um the testing that ipf wants us to do is like significantly more expensive right that's mm-hmm. why they don't want to yeah do you think the usapl is clean for the most part or do you think people are getting away at the like top level, I 
I I don't think people yeah. are. Yeah. I think it's clean, to my knowledge, but I could be naive. <laughs> no, no, I think we agree. Like, I think our world team members are, I mean, I, I think even on the raw side, like. It's hard to believe. I think the raw, the world team members, they get tested pretty good. I think at Nationals, though, there might be a couple sneaking through the oh, cracks. Oh, for sure. For sure. Especially because there's so many more in Raw, and they just look so freaky. It's just hard for me to believe. Like, I think Ashton Rushka is clean, is, like, lifetime clean. But, like, if I didn't know him, I didn't know all this stuff. Like, you look at some of these guys, they just look like freaks. Yeah. And girls, too. Like, Chrissy Max Power looks like fucking nuts, you know? But, like, That's I think she's, cl- she's clean, too. She's, she's clean. our girl. So, like, I, I don't know. Like, maybe there's a couple sneaking through the cracks. but I think there are. <clears throat> I think there's always... There's always people that fail, and obviously, if you tested everyone, there'd be more failures. But we were testing ten percent. You know, that's part of the problem. They want us to test less than ten. They want us to test less than five percent, and maybe you know, small numbers because of the cost. But um, I, I don't think anybody would ever guarantee the USAPL is clean. But I think the equipped team is clean, and I mean, we're getting our asses beat every year. Unfortunately, at least the men, the girls. I say this a million times. Our girls are so good, but um. I would say the USA, USAPL is clean. Are the people we're competing against at Worlds clean? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, right. not a chance. What, all right, Taylor. So th- you're not going to call any specific person out, you know, but who's the hottest pissing <laughs> national team? Russia. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't like that, that Russian lifter and, I mean, you can go you can go one of two ways, and you wouldn't be wrong. Yeah. So, Russia or Ukraine. Yeah. You can't but go wrong. I think Russia is more deep rooted. I don't know. I don't know. I could go either way. I could go either way. Who knows, man? We're not calling a specific person out, you know. If you wanted to, you know, <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't no, do we, that. We don't. She's do like, that. I, I wouldn't even let her. I no, let we her. don't she's do too that. Pure. We no. don't do that. We just, we only go off of failures, and we're not, we're not, you know, slandering people. You know, Pe- known, known offenders will call out. We'll shit on. Do other countries get randomly drug tested, like we do when, like, so with the IPF? Like Adams, do other countries have to fill that out too, or is that just? Yeah, they do. They do. So there's a list of have Have you been in Adams? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I was in Adams for a while, and I'm out now because I'm not good anymore. But um, there's a whole list somewhere, and I used to know where it was. But it's there. Are, there's a lot of American lifters on there compared to other nations, but. You know, who you would expect to be on there is on there, like Larissa Soloviova, Andre Konovalov, Sergei Fedosenko, um, some of the big... What was missing for a while in Adams was um, all the geared lifters were there because, you know, IPF for so long, like, the geared lifters were the only lifters, and then it took them a while to get all the raw lifters, at least internationally, into the Adams program. What I will say is, <clears throat> once you're in Adams, the IPF has to direct uh, order a test to be done by a third party so you know i'm sure when you've been on the world team you've seen it they'll order a test for the entire u.s national team and they'll come to all our cities and test us like two months out Mm -hmm. do i think that's happening to the other teams no 
So even though they're in Adams, it doesn't guarantee that you get tested. There's also been times when I was in Adams and so was Kelsey and someone would come to the gym and test Kelsey and I'd be standing right there, but they wouldn't test me even though I was in the same room. So, I mean, it's definitely a targeted thing and it's really easy to test Americans because you can basically go into anybody's office. I mean, but anybody's officer gym, part of the problem with Ukraine and Russia and getting tests is the third party testers can't, um, can't get into the countries without a visa. So there's a lot less um, random testing that happens to these lifters. Like when Ukraine has had some issues recently, like uh, Victor Testov popped in 2015, and the, the only reason they got that is because when he showed up to Bench Worlds like a week early, they made him piss like at the airport. And so they got him. And uh, I think they had to catch him by surprise. And, um, and then they had a couple lifters fail at 2018 Open World in Sweden, but it was like for trace amounts of stuff. Mm. So, I mean, like, they're just not getting the OMTs, but they're on the list. And then and then another big problem I see is they're they're trying to get new countries in. So, like, when, I, when Iran wants to send lifters, they let them send anybody. Those guys always fail. And then you see these, like, lifters from like Azerbaijan or Turkmenistan and some of these like um, Islamic, you know, Asian countries and the culture there. And I'm not saying this in a, in a bad way, but the culture in some parts of the middle East, at least for strength sports is to use. So everybody knows the Iranian Olympic weightlifting team is dirty as fuck. And so when those guys show up to world, they just pop because number one, they don't think they're going to get tested. Number two, they might not even know the rules. And it's because the IPF is like begging for um, those nations like Africa and Middle Eastern countries to come to the world. So it makes the world look more diverse because that's one of the IOC like requirements. Right. So they let these lifters just show up without like like here we have to do nationals to make the national team. Right. It just like makes sense. But like if you're from Iran like the Iranian IPF like president can just be like, Hey, you know, Taylor, you're pretty good. Why don't you come to IPF worlds with me? And so you have no prior drug test. You have no, you know, they probably make up a qualifying total. Gotcha. Um, and I mean, we saw footage of Iranian nationals last week and let's just say the judging is not the same either. <laughs> so a lot of problems that go on, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I've heard you tell the story about when Egypt showed up, you know, and uh, like these guys didn't well, pass the sniff test. They were they they were buying their brand new gear and like putting it on for the first time, and then just like going out and getting annihilated, and then all pissing hot. Yeah, and like at World Games 2017, they needed one African lifter. Like yeah. no one qualified, but you needed a lifter from that continent. So some like 72 kilo girl from South Africa, like was just horrible but she got like dead last and just lifted. So they do these like diversity things, but yeah, that meet in 2013 was crazy. They bought their gear. They didn't know how to use it. And then one guy had bombed out, but he literally looked like an I IFBB bodybuilder. And so they tested him anyway. And he, and he popped. They so, tested him even though popped. he bombed yeah. out. Yeah. Because he was walking around looking like, you know, big, looking a little crazy. Big Rami's little brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they do that too. I mean, you were in Dubai. There was an Iranian lifter, like a 120, and his deltoids look crazy. I don't know if maybe you were gone already, but like his deltoids were like popping out. Like they were, they were, and the guy was lean 
And so like he lifted like ass, like he didn't, he didn't lift well, but I think he popped. So they just, I think they just look at you sometimes yeah. and say like, and that's when they can get the, the international lifters is at the meet. Like I said, it's not as easy for them to do OMTs in, in Iran, Russia, you know, countries that won't let a third right. party tester in. Yeah. You have to, you have to get a visa and it's like hard to find people. And, yeah. You know. I think I was getting yeah. tested like once a month last fall. Um, since August, from August through December, I got tested about once a month. Was it, was it through water or was it USAPL? It was USAPL until I think November when I got the like notification to do fill out Adams again. And then I didn't get tested again until, um, May. Someone from USADA came. Um, and like banged very aggressively on my front door. It was right after everyone had left. So I was home alone. I was like, who the hell? <laughs> but like, she was like banging on the door, not just, yeah, it was interesting. They're passionate about their jobs. Yeah. The, the, the element of surprise is big, I guess. Yeah. That's, oh. that's messed up. When these people get off banging on the door so loud, like, come on, just fucking be a normal person, like ring the doorbell or something. Like you're here to take someone's piss. You don't have to be like, you're not a cop. Like, yeah, who I don't do you know. think you are? Blaine told this story where the guy just like let himself in cause his door was open. Really? <laughs> and he's like, dude, I almost shot. You. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, man. I don't know. I've always got him at the gym. And one time they showed up to my house and it was like the one day I was actually flying down to Atlanta later in the day to train with James for a weekend. And so I left my house earlier than normal. So I wasn't at my one hour window. <laughs> and so I, I've actually had a strike. I actually did get- too last fall. Like, um, she showed up at my apartment on a Saturday morning at like 7am. And I last minute decided to go home that Friday night and didn't update. Yeah. That was a hefty fine. <laughs> You got a fine for yeah. that? It must have changed. I oh, maybe I did pay. Yeah, I don't it's like what? What's the fine? So the minimum is a fifty dollar for the missed test, and then you have to pay their travel expenses. And apparently, um, this person drove like three hours round trip. Yeah, and you got to pay that fifty three cents a mile. Yeah. It ended up being like two hundred and seventy dollars together. <sighs> Damn. Just to uphold the good name of Dallas. <laughs> That's crazy. Are you in your apartment right now? No, I'm at home now. Move back in. Okay. I see this like half pink thing going on behind you. Half pink. Like is that might just yeah. be my Oh, it must just be the awful It just looks like a lot it looks like a cabin with a chimney and a I thought it was a pink cabin, but now it's just there's some like wow. There's some red it's, light. <laughs> no, it's my awful HP laptop camera. Gotcha. All right. Well, I mean, I think I, I think do want to let her go to good, bed. Yeah, I, we got to let this girl go to bed. So for everybody listening, you know, we asked Taylor to do a podcast at 9 p.m. Central, which is 10 o'clock for us, which is 10 o'clock at night. It's kind of like normal pod time for us, maybe even early. But uh, I asked her immediately what time she usually goes to bed, and she said 9 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we appreciate you 
uh, spending the past like hour and 20 minutes with us. Um, I'm sorry that I took so long to get you on the pod, but I'm glad we waited because I think we had a lot of good stuff to talk about. And obviously you're, you did awesome in nationals. We talked about that enough, but obviously Mm -hmm. we think you're awesome. And um, hopefully I see you in November. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. No, no hard feelings about uh, taking so long. So do you, do you have any sponsors, Taylor? Um, I'm on team Titan, but not no yeah no we like titan shout out team titan shout out to our sponsors quest nutrition i just wanted to make sure you had uh, an opportunity but also for anybody out there listening i mean isn't it such a fucking shame taylor doesn't have more sponsors yeah she should have some more sponsors well you got a lot more uh meats to show off at i'm sure someone will throw something at you soon but uh so you'll have some fun with it you got Nothing but good things in front of you. Maybe yeah. I uh, post it on Instagram more. Yeah. Yeah, eat some carbs, Taylor. <laughs> eat some carbs, you know. Eat some carbs, keep training, get jacked, get some get some more sponsors and come back on the pod. Yeah, yeah we'll have you we'll have you on another time after you uh if you win worlds, we'll have you back on. We'll yeah. make, we'll make a Only deal. Only if like I that. win. <laughs> if, all right if you total if you total 650 or win you can come on the pod again and we'll just we'll just do a victory lap pod yeah <laughs> and you know i'll had probably just come i had probably just bombed out of world so we can talk about you know yeah highs and lows highs and lows yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> and maybe kelsey will win one too we'll have everybody on but um do a whole now we really appreciate you coming on whole team. and we're trying to do more female lifters on the pod and you know what better way to do that by starting with you well, thanks <laughs> should get kelsey <laughs> on here we'll get her on here. yeah we'll have to get kelsey on we gotta here. get kelsey she's on. you know she, she we're such good friends with her i think it it would be just a silly episode because we have a lot of inside jokes and stuff like you know we're actually like curious getting to know you like i'm you know actually excited to ask you these questions with kelsey like there wouldn't be that element of it and also there's all the inside jokes and also you know kelsey i don't want to get kelsey in trouble she's straight edge doesn't doesn't fly off the path too much you know but we'll have her on eventually. We can talk to her, see if she wants to if she wants to be on. I mean, I know she's you know, we, we talk to her all the time, but maybe, you know, our listeners don't know her very well. So yeah, it's a, we gotta it's put potential. her out there. There's all some right. other there's some other lifters. I mean, who else would you wanna see, you know, uh who would you like to any international lifters we should get on? You know, we're thinking about some international ones. We had some good suggestions. Yeah. I really know a lot of the international well lifters that i've competed against uh, as far as i know but they might not be great at english but as far as i know but that's our limiting factor but if we do get kelsey on i'll try to get her to talk some trash about you about me yeah like i'd be like you're gonna let taylor beat you (laughs) (laughs) what's up with that yeah we'll 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 get her we'll get her We'll trap her. Yeah. <laughs> we'll trap her. 
All right, Taylor. Well, why don't you get some rest? We're sorry for keeping you up late, but we do appreciate it. And uh, thank you again. Yeah, thanks for having me on.